Hello there, my name is Norm and I'm an old person. And my name is Ari and I listen to K-pop. And this is K-pop for old people. Mm-hmm. A podcast in which Ari and I discuss the finer points of K-pop, <laughs> mostly me from a learning perspective and Ari from a teaching perspective. Mm-hmm. Who are you going to teach me about today? Seventeen. Seventeen is the name of the group yep. that we'll be learning about today. Okay. That's cool. Before we start talking about Seventeen, what's new with you? Uh, not much really. Well, um, on the 13th, actually, it was uh, Yeonjun, one of my favorite uh, TXT members' birthdays, so I kind of sort of celebrated that in my own way. How did you celebrate it? Uh... Well, I don't really have many K-pop friends, so if I had them, I would sort of be celebrating with them. But um, instead, I just uh, showed up to school dressed up as them. And did anybody at school notice anything different, or did they just assume that you were a snappy dresser as usual? Uh, no, I don't think anybody would have recognized it, because it was more of his like normal everyday clothes instead of like performing performance outfits. Uh, okay. But yeah. We also had another karaoke party mm-hmm. at which we sang a K-pop song together. Mm-hmm. This one was a little bit more impromptu. I didn't practice in advance, so I don't think I did very well, but it didn't matter because it was Get it Up, is... which is only 36 seconds long. Yeah. It's not like we're going to be there for a full 15 minutes or something. And you admirably helped me along Yes, when I was losing my way. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm still shook by that song, so I can't really figure out what it is about it but it still haunts me <laughs> as do some other songs on that album that I listened to uh, when I was editing the audio for the uh, podcasts in which the episodes in which um, we talked about new jeans I stopped in the middle of editing and I went back and I watched both <laughs> the uh, cool with you videos again mm-hmm. just because I had to re-experience them yeah and I don't need to go into my interpretations on it anymore because we talked about <laughs> it already. But Yeah, it's pretty good. It revealed even more to me on further viewings. So um, anyway, speaking of me viewing videos, uh, I also watched a bunch of La Seraphim videos since we talked about La Seraphim last time. Yeah. And I have some reactions I'd like to share with you, mm-hmm. if I may. Well, for starters, let me say, we talked about the name La Seraphim and we weren't entirely sure why it was spelled the way it was and whatnot, but Mm -hmm. I couldn't help myself. I had to find out, so I dug into it a little deeper and I discovered that it is, in fact, as I think you mentioned as a possibility, a anagram of I'm fearless. Yes, yeah. Because I remember seeing that somewhere, but I couldn't quite remember if it was exactly I'm fearless. Yeah. Yeah. which ties into the first song that I listened to, which was Fearless. And again, I, I listened to them all without the videos first, and then I went back and yeah watched the videos. And um, of all of the ones I listened to, I think Fearless is probably the La Seraphim song that I enjoyed the most. A mm-hmm. couple of things I noticed about it. We talked about last week how it's kind of uncommon for K-pop songs to have the swears in them. Yeah. That one happens to have a word some people would consider offensive mm-hmm. that starts with B. The female dog. Yes. 
um, which was, it wasn't like shocking to me or anything. It was yeah. just like you pointed out. It's yeah, kind, of, kind of random in my opinion. A little unusual. Yeah. Um, the other thing I noticed about that song was um, it has some really nice harmonies. Yeah. Which I guess I hadn't really thought about it much, but I don't think I've heard a lot of K-pop that has harmonies coming from a bunch of groups that have many members. So like oftentimes I would expect vocal groups like that when you have multiple members to have a lot more harmonies, but they tend to just like either sing in unison or trade off who's singing. Yeah. So it stood out to me that there was some nice harmonies in, in Fearless as well. The next song that I listened to was Anti-Fragile mm-hmm. or possibly Anti-Fragile. Could be either. Could be both. In fact, they sing it in both ways mm-hmm. or rap it depending on how you're approaching it. Uh, so, yeah, that's interesting to me that they had two alternating pronunciations. Another thing that I noticed about that song, I think, and also Fearless was like, and I think a number of these uh, La Seraphim songs is like the end of the songs are very abrupt. They just kind of end. They don't like fade out. They're just they hard stop, <laughs> which is a choice. I, I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's yeah. something I noticed. Um, so the next song that I listened to, which I was pretty curious about, was Unforgiven. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we talked about one of the reasons I was curious about it was because this is the song that um, features Nile Rodgers on it. Yeah. And so I had some preconceived notions going into it about what it might be like because of Nile Rodgers, also because it has the name Unforgiven, which is both the name of a Western movie from the 90s, I believe, (laughs) as well as also from the 90s, the name of two separate but related Metallica songs. What at first, like just by the name and like basically what I told you about it, what did, what did you expect from it? It's interesting because whenever like there's a title or something like that, that has the potential to be a reference to some kind of pop culture entity from the past. I'm curious whether or not it is. And sometimes it is. And sometimes it isn't in this case, it's arguable whether it is or it isn't. Because the Unforgiven movie was a Western and the Unforgiven song definitely references not that particular movie, but another movie Western in that it has the uh, iconic song from uh, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly Mm. uh, appears in it. Which, of course, if you're not familiar with that, is the one that goes, ooh, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> So that, like, whistly sound happens throughout the song. When I listened to it just without the video, the westerny kind of part of it didn't really click for me in my head. Because I was, honestly, I was focused more on the Nile Rodgers of it all. Yeah. Um, but that said... Nothing about it seemed especially Nile Rodgersy to me. Like I understand that he did play guitar on the track, and that's cool, um, but it didn't stand out necessarily as like the kind of like disco funk kind of stuff that I necessarily associate with him usually. Mm. 
And I was curious also to see if he would show up in the video, which he does not. Yeah. Actually, I watched the two different videos for that because um, I watched the regular video and the- then I watched the Japanese version. Oh, yes, yes. Because you recommended me specifically to check out the Japanese version. Mm-hmm. And as far as the song goes, as far as I can tell at least, <laughs> the only difference between the Japanese version of the song and the a regular version, for lack of a better way of describing it, is just that the Korean parts are in Japanese instead of Korean. But like, when you did you listen to it on Spotify too? Yeah. Do you understand what I mean by the vocals do not sound like them at all? Like, uh, <laughs> it was so say more. random to me. Like, earlier I was talking about in Unforgiven, like they have their normal vocals in Korean, but then in the Japanese version... Something, I don't know how to explain it, but like something is different about their voices and like, especially in the second chorus, like, did you not hear it? Maybe I didn't. Maybe we should stop and listen right now and see if we can figure out what's going on here. Let me show you. Hold on. Okay. Please hold for our next available podcaster. And we're back. Like, you hear it now? <laughs> okay, we have to back up and talk about what just happened. <laughs> um, okay, so for the listeners at home, uh, what just happened was because there was some confusion between the two of us over the differences between the regular version and the Japanese version, we stopped we listened to the choruses of both of those songs. Specifically the second chorus. The second the chorus. The pre-chorus of the second chorus. And Ari felt very strongly, I could tell. I don't know how to explain it. It's just, like, so random and bizarre to me. Like, <laughs> like kind of in the way with you trying to explain Get Up and stuff like that. Okay. So... I admit that when I first listened to them back to back, I did not notice that difference. Now that you played the those chunks for me, I did hear a difference. But again, for me, if I was describing what I thought the difference was, I would say it's just a different person singing that part of the chorus. And like the thing was, I know how to read Korean. I don't know how to read Japanese. And there's like... You know, on Spotify, when it shows, like, you know, the artist, and then they put a comma, and there's, like, another artist there. Yeah. If you click on the other artist on there, it sends you back to La Seraphim, and so I'm struggling to figure out if that's a completely different person that they had featured on the song. Okay. Because that voice, like, happens, like, at least twice in the song, and, like, the pre-chorus version is, like, Kazuha or... Chewan, one of them mm-hmm. in either one or both of their lines because <laughs> like that voice kind of sounds chewan e to me okay but like it also sometimes happens in uh kazuha's lines and i've heard kazuha's japanese singing voice because it sounds normal in some of her other lines and mm. so it's freaking me out why that sounds different than the rest of it 
So because I can't tell if it's just like one of them has a really like epic sounding Japanese accent and they're mixing up the lines with each other, mm. or it's somebody completely different. Yeah, I obviously don't know the answer either. And even like from my perspective, clearly you're someone who's a big enough La Seraphim fan and has listened to that song enough times, or to all of their songs, I guess, enough times that you can tell whose voice is whose. And I just can't do that yeah. yet. So what I'm hearing you say, I think, is you feel like that voice is not the voice necessarily of any of the regular members yeah. of La Seraphim. Because if you listen to the full song, you can hear, or like, if you're like me and you know whose voice is whose, mm -hmm. you can like hear that their voices are like, you know, normal, except for the fact that instead of in Korean, it's Japanese. Mm-hmm. But then that voice sound happens, and I'm trying to piece together who that is, because hmm. like you can hear the others' voices like normally in like the rest of the song, but then in some specifically random spots, it's that, and I feel like I'm going crazy because I can't figure out why that's happening. Well, I don't want to cast any aspersions on anyone or start any conspiracy theories, but one thing that comes to mind as a possibility is maybe somebody didn't have a very good Japanese singing voice, like they couldn't nail the accent or whatever, and so they just had some other somebody else fill in. I don't think that they would do that though. If it was in K pop groups they wouldn't just replace the other member's voice. I feel like they would like use auto tune or something like that to like physically change their voice. And maybe something digital happened to the voice too that makes it sound a little different too. But like that voice is like very surprising and like sounds completely different energy than like the Korean version. It's like so much more epic and like I think it's a good thing but it's also confusing me and so I don't really know how to explain that. Well so okay I don't either but Another thing that I noticed when I then watched the videos for both of those versions, because there's a full music video for each mm -hmm. of those two versions, and they're different. Yeah. Like, they're both, I guess, conceptually similar. They have many of the same locations or visual themes going on, except they're completely different in a shot-for-shot -shot sense, right? Yeah. Like, the things that you're seeing... Some of the things look familiar from video to video, but overall, it's a completely different piece of film, I guess you could say. And one thing specifically, a couple of things I specifically noticed about the differences is, first of all, both of these videos have a point at which the song just like stops. Yeah. And there's like a cutscene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where, where the song is not happening, there's visual things happening within the video, and then the song resumes. And those both happen, but they happen at different points in the song yeah. for each video, which I thought was interesting. And also just like the overarching sort of narrative arc of both of them is different in that the regular Korean version seems to, like I was saying, have sort of a, a Western movie kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. There's horses going on. There's cowboy hats going on. Yeah. There's an arrow that is shot at one point. Yeah. But the Japanese version seems to have more of a high fantasy witchcraft kind of thing going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 
there's a lot of swords going on in the Japanese one mm -hmm. that I don't think happened in the uh, Korean one. And then... Well, I'm pretty sure there was like at least one sword in the Korean version. Yeah, you're probably right, but it was not as big of a focus yeah. as it was in the Japanese version. And there were even shots in the Japanese version that reminded me of uh, the 90s movie The Craft, hmm. which was about a bunch of teenage witches. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was unusual. Yeah. So I, I did listen to a couple of more yeah. uh, La Seraphim songs that I want to comment on. Uh, one that I listened to was Eve Psyche and the Bluebeard's Wife. I believe it's Psyche and not Psyche. <laughs> you may be right. The reason that I pronounced it that way is because I was thinking that that was the way that the name of the mythological character is pronounced, but you, you, you're probably actually right. I'm yeah. probably pronouncing it incorrectly. And there's a couple of reasons that I wanted to listen to that one. You did mention it when we talked last time, but also how can you not want to listen to a song with a title like that? Yeah, it's a pretty epic title. It is a pretty epic title, and I was curious about it for that reason. I didn't put together like the commonality within that title until I had kind of like listened to the song. And also I wasn't entirely familiar with the story of Bluebeard, so I didn't recognize the Bluebeard's wife part of it until I dug in a little deeper there. Do, does that title mean anything to you specifically? Not that I know of. Okay. I only really know the Eve part about that, but then again, I don't really know much about that because I'm an atheist. Fair That's enough. It's like more of a Christian-y thing. Sure, all your <laughs> Judeo-Christian tradition, that's a part of the mythology for anyway. And obviously the concept or whatever you want to call it for uh, La Seraphim is like the girl crush stuff that we talked about or like, you know, sort of a, a feminist take on most of their songs seems like, you know, projecting female strength, you know, fearless, anti-fragile, yeah. etc. So what finally occurred to me, and I assume this is what they're going for, is that all three of those characters are characters from stories in which basically women get blamed for being the downfall of men. Mm. So yeah. um, I think what they're doing is like trying to defend these female characters who have been unjustly maligned. Mm. But when I watched the video, what I noticed, and I, I don't know, maybe you can fill some of this in for me because I'm unsure. So the video starts with a bunch of people roller skating. Yeah. And then an arrow flies in and sticks into the ground. Mm -hmm. And having just watched the Unforgiven video where she shoots an arrow, yeah. it made me think, is this intended to be the arrow from that other video flying into this video? From what I can remember from the top of my head, the arrow that she shoots like goes flying all over the place. And then I believe it goes into the wing of Kazuha, I believe. Oh, right, because there's that sequence where... She rips off she her rips wing off and it makes a wing. really weird squelch noise. Yeah, that's right. But I also don't recall then after the arrow situation at the beginning of the video, basically the roller skaters are gone. I don't think they ever come back. <laughs> and I was wondering, 
could the roller skaters be a reference to some other La Seraphim thing that I'm not familiar with? No, no. Not that you know of? No. It was just weird to me that there were roller skaters and then there weren't anymore. Yeah. And then it goes into some crazy choreography. <laughs> like intense choreography. Yeah. At the start of that song. Uh, which is awesome. It's cool to watch. I'm pretty sure I've seen even more crazy choreography. Oh, um, that doesn't, I don't doubt that. Also, I just keep, I can't not think about the the wing that Kazaha ripped off because why was, did it start like squirting clear liquid? Wouldn't it be like blood or something because you ripped off a part of your body because people bleed or does she not bleed? Does she bleed water? Is it holy water because she's an angel? Uh, yeah, to be fair, people don't have wings, so I yeah. I don't know if that there's precedent for it, but one would assume, yeah, blood probably. <laughs> anyway, and then the last song that I listened to, not technically a La Seraphim song, uh, I listened to I Does Not Equal Doll. Yes. I don't know how you're actually supposed to pronounce that. I believe it is I Does Not Equal Doll. Okay. Because it's like idol, but it's not. I'm not your doll. Right. Like I, the message of the song is yeah. clear and, and I think it's a good message. In fact, while I was listening to it and watching the video and the video is all animated. Yeah. And I, I think I actually read that um, the animation was done by, I can't think of her name. Yeonjin. Yeah. She did the animation herself. Yeah. I've heard that too. Um, which is cool. It's, it's a yeah. good video and like the message of like, I'm not here just to be gazed upon by you or be told what to do by you yeah. because you think that you can control me or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it also made me think like, and I don't want to get into like any sort of criticism of anyone regarding their bodies, but um, I think that is relevant to the topic of that song, right? She talks yeah. about how, you know, people criticize her for gaining weight or whatever, but yeah. I also admit that while I was watching all of these earlier La Seraphim videos um, and watching these women who are clearly very talented and conventionally attractive, one thing that occurred to me multiple times was like, those girls are really thin. Yeah. Like. Because they're kind of pressured to be like that. Right. But to my eye, it looks too thin. Like, I you would should be... see one young from I've because she is. Like you, in multiple times, you can see like she's she's pretty tall and skinny, or she's probably not actually that tall, but like it looks like she's pretty tall. Mm -hmm. Um, but like multiple times, like when she's wearing like you know tr crop tops and whatever, you can like see her ribs, mm -hmm. and like people are like that's not very healthy. <laughs> yeah, I would agree that I looking at them my concern was that they didn't look very healthy. Yeah. Um, and again, I want to be clear, like everybody's body is okay. Nobody should feel pressured to change their body in any way unless they choose to do so. Yeah. Um, I, this is very dangerous territory I know that I'm treading on. So I, I don't want to be critical of, of these women in any way, but if it were someone that I was close with, I would, be concerned for their well-being. Yeah, probably. Because they were so thin. But the song itself, 
the I does not equal doll song was, uh, you know, I thought it was an interesting song. It's a little different than the other La Seraphim stuff because, you know, it, it was a little more rock and roll. There were more guitars and stuff going. It had curse words in it. Oh, that's right. That was a big thing that was noticeable was it had an F word in it. And the B word. Oh, uh, yeah. In Korean. That kind of language doesn't shock me. I'm a middle-aged man, so I've yeah. heard it all before. But... Um, it is a little surprising, uh, given the target audience, that they would do that. Now, I will say this also. I've traveled a bit in my time, and uh, I've never been to Asia. But mm. when I've been, say, in Europe, uh, in countries that do not speak English as their primary language, I've just you know listened to the radio while riding in a car. And uh, I have noticed that sometimes, because of the fact that I don't know if just like cultural standards are different or because they don't expect people to care about English lyrics as much because it's not the native language of the place. Um, I heard some songs on the radio in Europe that you would not hear played on the radio here <laughs> in the United States. I mean, yeah, it's also probably because at least some, if not most of them, don't speak English very fluently. Yeah. And so whether it's F-bombs or other kinds of like, just like subject matter, I guess I will say. <laughs> that, questionable lyrics, maybe. Yeah. So maybe that language was used for the intentional impact of it in like a punk rock kind of way of like deal with it. <laughs> or maybe it was just like not as big a deal uh, because it's not as offensive to a, a population that doesn't speak English I'm pretty, primarily. I'm pretty sure it was like on purpose. You think it was trying to yeah. draw attention to the anger of the... Yeah, like kind of push the message further. Yeah. That's fair. Well, that is all that I uh, took in from La Seraphim and Associated People. Let's close the book on La Seraphim for now and uh, move on to... Just like a question I've had on my mind for a while is like, you were like, sort of like questioning being a New Jeans fan. Have you found out if you like actually are a fan yet? Of New Jeans? <laughs> yeah. A bunny. That's hard for me to say. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. As I was listening to La Seraphim this uh, past week, I did find myself comparing it to New Jeans. <laughs> Like, New Jeans, I think, is the bar that I have set now that I am comparing all the other stuff that I'm listening to uh, with. So, I don't know that I'm a fan in the way that you're a fan, <laughs> but I would be lying if I haven't had their songs going through my head and been thinking about some of their songs over the past week or so. Yeah, because I was, I was going to ask you, but I didn't know if you're like at that level yet of like who would be your bias aka your favorite member of new jeans or maybe you're a multi-stan uh well that's an interesting <laughs> question because that's not not something that has ever really that i've really considered mm. like i haven't thought about it from that perspective honestly when i'm thinking about those songs the thing that i'm thinking about is the songwriting yeah 
also it's kind of funny because a lot of people are like most of the new jeans members are minors so it's kind of weird that they have <laughs> like <laughs> middle-aged men fans yeah no that would be i mean there's there's a weirdness to that that i can't yeah. avoid but also like you're more of like their fan because of their music and not really because of the yeah. group themselves in the same way that i'm a fan of any musical group like i might be curious about the musicians that made it the songwriters the performers etc but really what i'm into is just the songs themselves yeah so but that's a fair question and i think it's going to continue to evolve yeah over time i have thought about putting on that album again just to listen to huh. but i haven't because Truth be told, I don't just like sit down and listen to music that much. If I'm listening to music, it's usually with other people. Yeah. And I don't know how other people would feel if I did that. <laughs> I know how you would feel. I think it would be really funny if you're just like hanging out with somebody who like knows barely anything about K-pop and like you're playing, I don't know, Queen or something. And then the next is just new jeans. Yeah. Also, though, those songs in particular that I'm into have a real mood. Yeah. And it's not something that it's necessarily like a fun party time mood. It's more <laughs> of a like contemplative alone time mood. Ah, uh, yes. I found that like my music taste in like English songs and like K-pop are very different because like one of my favorite K-pop groups is Twice and their songs are very like bubbly and jumpy and stuff like that but then my English music taste is very like emo and dark and like stuff like that yeah no I get it we contain multitudes <laughs> we can like lots of different things uh, that was one of my favorite things about the karaoke party we just had was that we had a lot of different people from a lot of different cultural touch points and so we heard a lot of songs that um, I wouldn't normally be hearing because yeah. everybody had their own taste that they brought to sing the songs they wanted to sing but anyway who are we talking about this week it was 17 yes so I know from talking to you before that 17 has 13 members mm -hmm. which is something that I remember the first time that I heard about it, it seemed surprising to me. Yeah. Not only because the incongruency in my mind of the name versus the number. Yeah. And also just because that's a lot of people to have in any uh, vocal group. Yeah. So tell me more about 17. Anytime I ever tell somebody like about twice maybe and they're like, Oh, nine people? That's kind of a lot. And then I tell them about 17. Little do they know about NCT, which has 23, I believe? Somewhere in the 20s. Uh, they have, like, around 20 members. And there's, like, split into different groups. There's, like, NCT 127, NCT Dream, NCTU, and there's, like, more. But we'll get into that some other time. Yeah. But I always find it so shocking or they, the people I'm talking to find it so shocking when they figure out that there's over 10 people in a group, which for me isn't too shocking because like now I'm kind of used to it because I am somewhat of a carrot, which is their fan group. Okay. It's like 17 carrot. 
I'm not sure I understand the connection between carrots and 17, but uh, maybe we'll get carrots that. Carrots spelled C-A-R-A-T. Oh, like the diamond or the gold. Yeah, not no, carrots as in like the, the food. Yeah, that is absolutely what I was thinking. So <laughs> that was a lot more confusing. That said, I don't know that 17 and that kind of carrot makes a whole lot more sense to me, but fair enough. Um, but they have 13 members, which either they should add four members or change their name to 13 because like why they're why would you be called 17 if there's only 13 of you do you know why they're called 17 no i don't either obviously did four of them die or something in the process of debuting or something i'm kidding i think that it not for part of it is the fact that there is a number of members in the teens like if there was a band called 17 and there was five of them it wouldn't seem so weird to me because then I wouldn't think of them being closely related. I would think, oh, they're called 17 because they are talking about their age or something. Yeah. The 13 members from oldest to youngest are S-Coops, which I believe is how it's pronounced. I don't know, because it's S dot C-O-U-P-S. So S-Coops or Coops. Oh, all right. S maybe I don't know. <laughs> uh, Junghan, Joshua, Jun, Hoshi, Wanwu, Wuzi, uh, DK, Mingyu, the eight, uh, spelled T H E eight. Okay. And Sinquan, Vernon, and Dino. So I'm assuming based on the names, because I don't think that you said specifically that this is a boy group. Yeah. Yes. It is. It's a boy group. Okay. Uh, the only foreign members that they have are Jun and The Eight, who are both uh, Chinese, and Vernon and Joshua, who are uh, Korean-American. Oh, okay. Uh, they debuted on May 26, 2015 with the song Adore You, so they've been around for quite a bit. Oh, okay, yeah, that is... Uh, and their most recent song, I wrote down Super, but I believe it's actually uh, Sara Sara, which is Japanese, I believe. Because um, I have, like, a whole album that came out somewhat recently, and it's, like, you know, Japanese thing. They have, like, Japanese versions of songs and, like, other songs like that. But, like, I was... Because I got a YouTube... No, not a YouTube. A Spotify notification of, like, oh, Seventeen came out with a new album, and so I'm like, let me see the songs. Because I'm used to there being, at like, at least six songs on an album for a K-pop group. Mm-hmm. This one had, like, so many. I was trying to scroll <laughs> to the bottom, and I couldn't find it. I'm like, why do you need that many songs? Like, I can understand maybe there's, like, solo songs for all 13 members, plus, like, a few, all of them, but, like, why are there so many? Yeah, I don't know. That's a fair question. It's interesting to me because when I go and look on Spotify for a lot of these artists um, and I look at their entire discography, it becomes clear to me that, like, the old-school picture I have in my mind of what, uh, a discography should look like is just it doesn't really exist anymore because of the decline of physical media. It used to be, you know, you had a certain number of songs on a record because that's how many songs would fit physically on a record or a CD or a tape or whatever. Um, and because those aren't really a thing anymore, it can be whatever. It's just like, yeah, it's like when um, TV shows were only shown over actual broadcast TV, 
it was, you know, a show was either a half hour or it was an hour, you know, and now that there's a streaming model where it doesn't have to fit into a particular time schedule, an episode of a TV show could vary from like, you know, 20 minutes to like 45 minutes to over an hour or whatever. It's like just whatever the storytelling means. I think it's a similar thing with how music gets released now. Like you don't have to wait for a whole album to release it all at once. You could release singles, which honestly is, I think a little bit more like it used to be in the pre uh, LP days, the pre uh, 33 and a third record days when a lot of music was released on singles. This is just, more old person rambling about how things used to be <laughs> but um yeah like like we were talking about new jeans and if i recall correctly they have like two eps yeah and not like a full-length album yeah which is weird to me like i've certainly known bands to release eps from time to time but you know i think if it were in a time when physical media was the important method of releasing music like they probably would have approached it differently i guess yeah more about uh 17 though is uh their company is high labels under pletus entertainment i believe it's pronounced there's so many weird names in this because pletus is spelled p-l-e-d-i-s i believe Oh, okay. I I don't think I've ever heard that word before. But yeah, and I already mentioned that their fan group is called Carrot. I wouldn't consider myself to be like a big Seventeen fan, cause like I could name quite a few songs of theirs, and like I've listened to some of their solos. Uh, like for example, uh, Fighting, which is done by three of them. The three of them are called BSS, I believe, for in English, I guess, because mm. there's also like the Korean translation, but. BSS is kind of like the shortened and also more English version of their name. Is that just like the initials of the people who are in it? No, I oh. don't believe so. I don't. Maybe? I don't remember what the exact reasoning for the name is. And then there's like a Psycho by June, which um, I was sort of surprised, but also not really because I hadn't really listened to it fully before. But then, like, when I looked at the it on Spotify, I looked at the lyrics, and I'm like, oh, that's Chinese, because he is Chinese. And, and there was a solo that I believe was a Vernon's, and it was kind of like punk rock-y-ish, but it was also kind of more like 2000s punk rock-y. Oh, like, okay, like a punk pop kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I it guess It just kind of sounded weird to me. I don't know. Like, I don't think I would ever really listen to it again. And it was like another one of those cases where it has a curse word in it and stuff. Mm -hmm. It kind of had like the same message that a lot of the songs I listen to have. Because like from what I've heard of like my music taste and like just 17 songs in general, it's like so different. And like, I don't know how he himself feels about it, but I just don't really like it. <laughs> That's fine. But yeah. So I know that when we talk about 17, it seems like the defining characteristic is that there's a lot of people in there, yeah. which I don't think that's probably fair, not having listened to it at all. Yeah. Um, is there something definable that you feel about their sound that um, sets them apart or what is it about 17 that stands out to you? Um, well, I think that they are sort of another one of those like more silly groups than they are like mm -hmm. professional 
Because there are, like, groups that are, like, mostly just professional and they, like, don't want to show any, like, goofy stuff or whatever and they just want to get straight to business. Mm -hmm. But, like, Seventeen has a lot of, like, they have, like, this variety show, I believe. And, like, a lot of groups have that. I think their variety show thing is called Going Seventeen. But, um, like, Twice has Time to Twice or TTT. But also, apparently, people call Going Seventeen TTT also. And then TXT's is, I believe, To Do with Tomorrow by Together or something. So there's like four T's in there. <laughs> or, so, okay. No, there's is... only three. Where did I get the fourth T from? This is something that I... There's so many T's. I I don't know that we've talked about this before. So like all of these groups have variety shows, you're saying? I believe that's what they're called. Um, Not every group has them, but like... From what I've seen, a lot of them do. So describe to me what you mean by a variety show. I don't know how to describe it. Well, uh, But, like, for example, uh, the most recent Time to Twice concept, I believe, from what I can remember off the top of my head, is, like, all of them are students at a school, and, like, every once in a while, one of the members will, like, sort of leave the classroom and have, like, a, like excuse, like, I don't know, they have to run errands or something. Or like a doctor's office appointment or something, and then they'll come in as the teacher and like teach something. Like for example, Neon was like an English teacher at once, and so they taught them English and stuff like that. So is this like an online series kind of thing? Yeah, um, I haven't really watched Time to Twice very recently, but um, there have been like multiple different like kinds of episodes that they've done. So I can't remember if they're still on that, like, twice school thing or not, if they've moved on to a different concept or whatever. So this is just, like, as with a lot of the stuff that we've talked about, they're just creating content for online consumption. Yes. Yeah. that's the world we live in. You've got to keep creating content for online consumption. Like, you know, make a podcast for people to listen to every <laughs> week. But um, another one that I've heard from time to twice is, like, they compete in these little games to, like, earn money to buy food from the snack bar, which is, like, all mostly traditional Korean foods, like uh, uh, those fish cake things mm -hmm. on a skewer. So is, I don't know. is this, like, uh, a fictionalized thing, or is it more like a reality show kind of thing? Kind of both. <laughs> oh, fair enough. It's kind of like they're in this sort of role-play type thing, but they're also kind of having a reality TV show as those people, sort of. Um, but yeah. And so, like, a lot of the time, back to 17, uh, like, a lot of the time I've seen, like, people create these, like, compilations of, like, really stupid slash funny stuff happening on those, on Going 17. And, like, a lot of it I've seen from, like, the most popular ones that I've seen. Um, a lot of them are them doing drinking games. Oh. <laughs> okay. Which is always pretty goofy because, like, there's 13 people playing drinking games together and, like, most of it is in Korean, so it's kind of me sort of understanding what they're talking about. Because, like, I feel like I don't drink, obviously, because I'm a child, but, like, I would play those games if I understood how to, minus the drinking part of it. <laughs> oh, Okay. Because it's, like, sort of a trivia thing, and if you mess up, 
or like a trivia pattern thing where you have to like focus on stuff that's happening and if you mess up you have to like drink right i mean that's the standard yeah uh sort of format of a drinking game and is so like, like the more drunk you get the worse it right ha- stuff ha- what no yeah. yeah that's it that's how how it's supposed to go i yeah. also don't drink even though i am legally allowed to uh but it yeah that's the concept of a drinking game is basically you fail at some task and then that forces you to drink which then makes you progressively worse at that task yeah um it doesn't make a lot of sense yeah it's probably not a good idea in yeah. most cases so i know that i'm going to continue to have to come to terms with this but 13 is a lot of people <laughs> to get a part to sing within the like most... length of a pop song yeah I think they pull it off pretty nicely, although some of them I've like heard barely anything from, and then some of them I've heard like quite a bit from, which that happens quite a lot in K-pop, where like one person gets like a lot of lines, and one of them just kind of gets a few. Like for example, in uh, Kepler, uh, Hyun and Kai Six sister, uh, Bahie like gets very few lines, mm-hmm. and people have been talking about this, but. Um, they haven't the company hasn't done anything to change that hmm. from what i've seen i would think that it would be hard to stand out if you were in a group with that many people like because <laughs> you kind of want to have your own distinct personality shine through and with that yeah. many different people it would be hard i think to distinguish yourself in some way well i think they do that pretty well because Mm. i'm not very experienced in like the way i'd be able to like name everybody just by like i don't know the just by their eyes Mm. i'm not at that level yet but like i could probably with like a second or two of processing their face yeah uh, i could figure out which one is which and also there's like 13 of them so it's kind of hard to remember who's who and stuff like that, especially when they're like dyeing their hair and like all this other stuff mm-hmm. all at once. Yeah. Do they have a particular concept? Not that I can remember. Okay. Um, but yeah, their songs have like kind of changed concept a lot because like, you know, in their earlier years, I guess, with like the song uh very nice or the real name is actually Edu nice which Edu is very in korean okay so yeah it's mostly about like you know kind of more i love you woman or something oh, okay and like you know in the song left and right it's like i don't actually really know how to explain it but it's not like the others i guess mm-hmm. and then there's like you know rock with you which is like less of the i love you woman and more of like I like you, woman. Come hang out with us, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I also do love you. But not, like, in the same way as very nice. Yeah. Okay. I get that. It does seem like, generally speaking, and again, and I'm very new to all of this, but it seems like most of the boy groups sing songs about girls. Mm, yeah, I guess. And most of the girl groups either sing songs about boys or, or girl crush. how great girls are 
and tough and, and I feel like a lot like the majority of songs are somewhat about love like either heartbreak or just like falling in love or like stuff like that yeah and I'm not criticizing it for that being the topic because yeah. that's the topic of most songs ever yeah <laughs> and there's like you could probably find a lot of other songs that aren't about love but like a lot of songs are about love or heartbreak or something to do with love. Yeah, and I guess I'm also coming from a perspective where a lot of the songs that I have listened to historically are from a particular songwriter's point of view, an yeah. individual's point of view, rather than um, a group of individuals. Like we've talked about how it's kind of weird that sometimes it seems like all of the people in the group are singing about being in love with, like, the same person. Yeah, I've always thought that that was kind of weird. Because, like, for example, in the music video, uh, Very Nice, they're all going to this one girl, and also she's, like, making their hearts explode. <laughs> li literally. <laughs> like, in the music video, they get, like, this little explosion in their heart area, which the girl's just standing there. Like, they're all crazy about this girl, and she's just standing there half of the time. Well, like in the scenes that she's actually in there, because a lot of them is just like either them dancing or just the specific people singing. But like any time that she's there, she's either like sitting down or just standing there. Mm. <laughs> it's confusing. And then at the end, they're like running through this like big parking lot warehouse looking thing to the other side to this one girl who's just standing there. And honestly, if I was her, I would be running away because 13 <laughs> men I barely know are running at me. Yeah, that's fair. While singing about how they love me so much. Yeah, nobody said it had to make sense. Yeah. As long as it's a, got a good beat and you can dance to it or whatever. Yeah. And also, like, in that era of, like, very nice, Jung-Han or Joshua or both had, like, this long hair, like long for generic boy hair. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was just kind of weird because I had like this, like I've seen other male K-pop idols with like long hair, like for example, Felix and Thunderous from Stray Kids had like sort of long hair. And I think that looked fine, but like in the way that it was styled at that time didn't look good because they had this like long black hair, I believe it was Joshua, maybe one of them had like long black hair with like this big black hat, sun hats, maybe it's called. I don't know. Okay, one of those ones with like the long brims. Long brim. and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it looked weird. <laughs> yeah, I think that when uh, when you're in a position where you have to be aggressively fashionable i guess i will say <laughs> sometimes you're going to make choices that go over the line for some people yeah and again like with 13 people in a group i know i keep <laughs> coming back to this but <laughs> when i'm watching a video for any of the groups that i've watched recently where there's you know four five six whatever people in there because they're all similar body types, similar heights, uh, you know, they're all dancing choreography that's pretty much uniform. Uh, the 
way that it seems like they try to distinguish themselves is through the fashion, right? Yeah. It's their hairstyle or it's their, what they're wearing, you know, like the usually wearing clothes that are in the same sort of style, style in terms of like color or whatever, but they're all wearing something yeah. that distinguishes them individually. And, you know, I, it would be hard. To, I'm sure there's like people at the company who are in charge of styling them and, yeah. and picking out what they wear and all that stuff. But to find 13 unique fashion styles to make someone look distinct in a video could be a challenge as well. Yeah. And like when you're talking about like, you know, dressing the people in like K-pop groups and you using the describing word aggressively fashionable, it makes me think of uh, Red Velvet's, I believe it was called Zimzala Bim, maybe. I don't know. Their outfits are just so angering to me as like a person who like is very fashionable, in my opinion. They're like all these random colors and like weird clothes that are all mashed together. And I just... It makes me angry because it doesn't really look good. Because it 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 doesn't uh, like sure it might fi- it might well. fit the concept, but I don't think it looks good. Like you can fit the concept while still making it look good. Because like their thing was the, I'm guessing the concept of their clothes and that thing was supposed to be like all colorful and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you didn't have to make it that way. You could have made it like good colorful and like the way that all the colors match for their outfits and stuff and not the most random textures and colors of clothes and styles and stuff yeah i i understand where you're coming from like everybody likes what they like but seeing the way that you choose to dress most days i can tell that you have a certain sense of fashion that includes a desire for well certainly not randomness something that's deliberate and chosen yeah because i like basing my outfits on like songs i like or like specific things because that gives me like an idea of like what i can base this off like for example the outfit that i wore for um our karaoke party was um i'm pretty sure i've done this before but i'm pretty sure i went like to the other level this time was a devil by the window which in their outfit by txd in their outfits in the performance video because i don't think they have a music video for that they're like mostly black and white but i thought how about i spice it up a little bit and add a bit of red Mm -hmm. so i had like these super cool edgy red pants yeah you look nice i put a lot of detail into it because i like doing that yeah and it works it really does i am not a person who necessarily dresses up that way on a daily basis but i do sometimes do a little bit of costumery for performance purposes (laughs) yeah and i put a lot of thought into how things coordinate because you're right if you just throw stuff together in my opinion will often not work yeah and look random like for example in some of the ways i dress i have like the blue Doc Martens with like rainbow laces. So I often, since I don't really have that specific color of blue, I often just pair it with like black and like with rainbow accessories. And since I don't really use gold, I usually I don't really have gold accessories. I usually use silver because I just think silver looks better. Um, Agreed. But yeah, and so I'll wear stuff like that with it. And so like occasionally I'll think, oh, what if I wear this with that? But then I think that like 
it's a purple color with my dark blue Doc Martens, and I think that that doesn't really match very well. Like, I could wear it, yeah, but I don't think it would really look good unless I had more, like, for example, instead of the laces being rainbow, they were purple, so, like, I could understand how that would, like, match with each mm-hmm. other, but, like, the purple's just kind of out of nowhere. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about your... My style. Style, yeah. And how I like everything to look cohesive is the word maybe yeah i think that's a perfectly appropriate word and uh it's perfectly appropriate to have opinions on style yeah but it is not about 17 so what else do i need to know about 17 do you have any questions about 17 so do you have any recommendations for me probably uh left and right if you don't already have that down and uh, Darling, but it's spelled D-A-R-L plus I-N-G, which is an English song, and I sang it at karaoke once. So I always try to recommend at least one English song if I can remember any. Sure. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'll check that out. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any more questions to ask about 17. Cool. So I guess uh, I'll go and listen to some songs and we Mm -hmm. can talk a little bit more about it next time yep and who else will we be talking about next time next time we will be talking about red velvet oh okay this is one that you have mentioned several times so i've been curious about it as well because i think it may be a little bit different than some of the other stuff that we've talked about so far Mm -hmm. i guess as always uh you know reach out to us uh you can send us email at kpopforoldpeople at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or you could go on our YouTube and give us a comment. Absolutely. Uh, however you want to communicate with us, we're eager to hear your thoughts. Mm-hmm. If you have any questions, etc. But until next time, thanks for listening. And uh, talk to you next week. Annyeong. The concept is only about having 17 carrots in every music video. <laughs> and you have to count all of them. It's like, it's like a, you know, find the difference pictures, but it's just 17 carrots everywhere. Is that so? No. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't tell. If, like, I was really trying to figure that out, but I guess you're just messing with me. Yeah. Which, of course, if you're not familiar with that, is the one that goes, (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to leave that in. (laughs) I think you should. Okay, fair enough.